We are Missouri Farm Bureau Insurance, and we're for the people of Missouri. We're for brewmasters, stockbrokers, beauty queens, and truck drivers. Whatever you do, if you're a Missourian, we're for you. We are Missouri Farm Bureau Insurance, and we've got Missouri covered. Shallowy driving it toward the back post for Zussi, who puts it back across, and Shelton slots it home! Zussi can have a hit from here, he does, and Graham Zussi re-elect! Graham Zussi! Shallowy knocks it in! The Hungarian assassin has given Sporting KC the lead! It's Russell! This is the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Welcome back in to another episode of the Sporting Kansas City Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. I'm Allie Trost Martin, joined by Nate Bucati as we are recording this from Media Day here at Children's Mercy Park ahead of the home opener on Saturday night as Sporting Kansas City take on the LA Galaxy, the long-awaited home opener. The guys are itching to get back in front of the home fans. Manager Peter Vermees saying the same, and I know the fans are excited too because, Nate, it is a standing room-only crowd uh, that's going to be filling the stands here at CMP Saturday night. Sporting Kansas City coming off of a 0-0 draw against the Colorado Rapids last week. They started both of their first two weeks of the season on the road, getting one point between those two games. So looking to come out and get their first three points and first goal of 2023 here on Saturday night. But uh, how are you doing? And how uh, how was the game for you last weekend? Because you were on the call with Tony Miola. Yeah, I'm doing good. First of all, it's uh, it's nice to be here at Children's Mercy Park. And I, I don't know about you, every time I come to this place, it just makes me happy. Uh, this is one of my happy places in the world. It's uh, it's a beautiful stadium. I think there's something special about being here and looking out. There, there are finishing touches being put on around the stadium as we look at it right now. I'm seeing the south stand getting power washed right now. Of course, uh, the brand-new uh, remodeled field club that we got to see today. But uh, – it's really more to me about the history and the memories in this place, so many great memories that happen here. And it's fun to see it, you know, that kind of the, the quiet before the storm because mm-hmm. this place, as you said, on Saturday is going to be absolutely rocking and rolling. And I don't know about you, Ali, but for me, the, one of the biggest takeaways I've had through the first two weeks of this season has been there just seems to be a rising level of enthusiasm for this league, for some of the teams in this league, and uh, we've seen, we saw in week one, we saw two games that had fans, over 65,000 fans in attendance in Charlotte and in Atlanta. And then this last weekend, we saw the unveiling of another great soccer market, which I know people in Kansas City, we're not <laughs> supposed to, we're not supposed to admit their soccer heritage and, re- and all that stuff. But the city of St. Louis, you of course know all too well, your family has deep roots to the amazing history that St. Louis has. And I think that that club and this club will be forever intertwined, which is going to be great for both. Uh, so that atmosphere, I think they, I think, boy, I'm going to start off already on a rant for you, Allie. But let's hear it, Nate. Bring it on. The the roots of soccer in in St. Louis run as deep as any city in this country. Mm-hmm. Yet they have not been a part of the development of outdoor soccer since the start of Major League Soccer the way that other markets have. And Kansas City really took that. And 
you know, going to the other venues, you see that this stadium, Children's Mercy Park, was the one that really ushered in and, and, and displayed for a lot of the country what soccer could be in a first-class soccer-specific venue. And I think St. Louis was one of those cities that, that was taught what they could really do with their soccer heritage, what it could really mean, what it could really be for the city. And they've, they've taken what Sporting Kansas City have done here, and they're going to try to one-up Kansas City. And uh, they got off to a great start. That was incredible to watch. I personally am here for it because I think that a rising tide raises all ships. Yep. And today at Media Day, Allie, I don't know about you, that's the most crowded I've ever seen it. The entire uh, newsroom downstairs, the, the interview room was completely packed. Uh, it was standing room only. Everybody had questions for Peter Vermees, and they were all intelligent questions about the team and about soccer. Um, and, boy, when this stadium first opened up, that was not the case. Uh, the old guard of media in this town were mocking the name. Uh, they were skeptical of the success of this stadium, and they were afraid to ask questions that really dealt with real soccer because they didn't know the game, and they didn't think there, that there was an audience for it either. And I think it was easier for a lot of people in the media to just pretend there was no audience for it because then they didn't have to learn something they didn't know. That's not the landscape that we're in right now. Not here, not across the league, and I think that's incredibly exciting. It, uh, Nate, you just you completely nailed it, and that was the exact feeling I had. And before I kind of build on what you were talking about there, I want to lay out some of what we've got coming up in the show today because, like I said, we are out here at Media Day very crowded media day at that. I mean, it was, uh, there was spillover from the media room, which is, like you said, something that just hasn't really been the case in recent years, but shows, one, the growth of the league and, and the sport and the increased knowledge around the sport, the expectation now that if you have a team in your market that you're going to go out and you're going to cover it and you're going to know about it. And I think that Kansas City is lucky to have a lot of uh, great media members out here who know the team, who care about the team and want to um, report on it and, and help elevate the product here in Kansas City. So uh, we'll uh, play some sound coming up in the next segment from Media Day. Jake Reed, Chris Rindov, Andrew Fontas, Willie Agata, that's all coming up. And then we'll close out the show today with a preview of the upcoming match, the home opener against the LA Galaxy. Peter Vermees talking about the upcoming opponent. The Galaxy, who suffered a 3-1 loss at FC Dallas. Of course, their first game of the season got postponed due to inclement weather, what was going to be a very historic and exciting Rose Bowl-El Trafico matchup between LA Galaxy and LAFC. So that was their first game of the season. And, you know, a lot of growing pains, you know, early on, and it's hard to know exactly what teams are exactly. They're dealing with some injuries as well, so we'll get into some of that later on. But looking back on this second match day of the 2023 season, and, you know, I, I know because I've seen it online, Kansas City fans hate St. Louis. And, yeah, I, look, I grew up in St. Louis. I'm always going to have a, you know, a love for, you know, uh, how I was raised there. And, and especially when it comes to the sport of soccer and what it means in my life. My entire soccer foundation was formed um, through my upbringing in St. Louis and my involvement in the game, my Many nights spent out at St. Louis University watching uh, the Billikens men's team play and, and have a lot of success and just so happy to see that city. It's great to see the league expand into markets that really want to have a team and have the, the fans and the interest to support it and make it look like what it looked like on Saturday night at City Park. And I think that this is going to be incredible 
for the growth of soccer in the Midwest. I think that I don't even just look at this as something like, you know, KC against St. Louis. I think this is going to be a great rivalry that's going to produce some really fun matches over the next, you know, however many years. But what I really think is going to happen is it's going to just draw even more eyes and attention to what we all know here living in the middle of the country. And that is there is a deep love, knowledge, and just interest in the sport of soccer and not just soccer, but major league soccer. And so that is something I'm really looking forward to is just how the addition of a hopefully, you know, expansion team that finds we, I don't think any of us want to see what happened with FC Cincinnati when they entered the league and, you know, earned the wooden spoon, I think what, three consecutive years. So I think we're all rooting for, a little bit of success, but just not enough to worry whatever uh, affects Sporting in Kansas City. That's at least uh, kind of how I feel, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun uh, seeing these two teams battle it out over the next few years. And, uh, hey, they've come on the scene two wins in their uh, their first two games of the season. That was only most recently done by LAFC uh, back in 2018, I believe. So not something that you see all the time with expansion teams, but is certainly a storyline to watch. Nate, what other uh, – storyline maybe stood out to you from that second week of MLS action. It's been a really exciting start to the season so far. Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, I think that key number one, we know when Sporting Kansas City decide to play or when they're when they're ready to play against St. Louis is uh, don't pass them the ball <laughs> right in front of your own goal. I, for two weeks in a row. It's hard to really right. gauge like where this team's at because <laughs> they've literally gotten two back-to-back like silver platter goals in the most odd of fashion so yeah that that's key number one Just yeah. go, don't. so don't do that um <laughs> i don't have my entire schedule for the year but i do know that i'm going to be calling on may 10th i think it is wait let me make sure i get this right uh may 20th on fox sports one st louis city sc hosting sporting kansas city so i'm really glad that i have that game on my uh, fox schedule uh can't wait to call that one because that's that's history right there so other takeaways from the weekend well let's just go ahead and start on sporting kansas city right yep. uh no goals through the first two games is the biggest headline but being out here at media day today i, I would assume you got the same vibe i did there's a little frustration about that, but there is no worry. I think everybody here knows this team is going to score goals this year. I think we'll all be shocked if they don't. There are some easy explanations in terms of players missing. Johnny Russell, I think, being at the top of the list. We know Alan Polito should be coming back at some point in the relatively near future. He's in full training. But, you know, they scored goals without Alan Polito last year once Guy Kinda and Eric Tommy got here. So I think there are some other things that can happen for this team that uh, will get them going. But also there's been chance creation. Obviously the 11 shots on goal. Now a lot of them, honestly, were, were relatively easy saves for William Yarbrough. But he also made some really big clutch saves, especially on some rebounds in the second half of that game. I know one of them got ruled off because of offside, but still a career-high 11 mm-hmm. saves for him, more than any goalkeepers made in Major League Soccer so far this season. So the chance creation's been there, I think. Um, and I think they'll score more goals. They'll create more chances as the season goes on. But certainly, and, and I think coming home on Saturday is not going to hurt that at all because this team last year with Agata and Tommy in the mix when they were at home they were dynamite in the attack so hopefully we see that this coming weekend yeah and i asked daniel shallowy about it today and he said look you know it, it it'll help maybe to 
face a goalkeeper, not having a team of the week performance that day. And sometimes the shots just don't fall. But the positive, you're right, is that the chance creation is there. Um, over 30 crosses even in that Portland game as well. So Sporting Kansas City is finding that activity around goal. And something else that Peter Vermees said today that I thought was interesting uh, had to do with Eric Tommy. We know that when he came into the mix last season, along with Willie Agata, that completely changed the entire fabric of Sporting Kansas, Kansas City's attack. But Something Peter said today that I thought was interesting as it relates to Eric Tommy's involvement in the game is that he might at times be trying to do a little bit too much and that sometimes when he's dropping back uh, in the midfield to to collect a pass and then try and, and, and play that ball through or, or spark something going forward, then he might be a little too disconnected and too far away from goal when Sporting Kansas City does get out on the front foot. So some of it, you know, while they are creating some good chances, some of it is just going to be that continued uh, chemistry building within the group and finding out uh, things that are working for them. But could be a good opportunity this weekend against an LA Galaxy team that showed a lot of weaknesses, especially defensively. But we do know that this team has a lot to offer offensively as well. But We'll talk about that later on in the show. The next thing I want to hit on, Nate, is just kind of what we talked about to open things up, and that is what to look for here at Children's Mercy Park. We talked with Jake Reed today, uh, Peter Vermees. We got to partake in media day down in the newly renovated field club, the UMB field club here uh, at Sporting Kansas City, over uh, $1.5 million worth of renovations uh, put in to elevate that experience down there. looks great. Uh, just, you know, yet again, another example of the investment from this organization into making the game day experience here at CMP one of a kind. And, and as Peter even mentioned in his press conference, why those new expansion teams come and visit this place when they are looking to, uh, you know, for a blueprint of how to do what sporting's done here in Kansas city in their own markets. Yeah. It's funny. You know, a few years ago when uh, sporting was, uh, they were. They were. I was. I was talking to some of the people in, in the upper management and ownership, and they were talking about uh, putting a new coat of paint on the the benches in the cauldron. And and one person in the in the room thought, well, the building's kind of new. I think it it's starting to give it a little character, you know, by having some of the paint peeling off and things like it shows that we've got some history and tradition here. And I said, you know, they asked me my opinion on it, and I said. As a guy that, you know, look, hate me for it if you want, but as a guy that grew up going to Allen Fieldhouse, they don't change the building, but they keep it fresh. You know, they, 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 they keep the paint looking good. They, they replace the floor every once in a while. They, they're always doing little things to it to keep modernizing it to, to at least to make the fan experience good while not sacrificing the history of the place. And, you know, the, the point, the, st- the statement I made at that time was, you know, you can't buy – history and heritage you can only earn it you know over time Mm -hmm. and this building just kind of keeps doing that and i think it is time for this team to get back to winning a trophy or two it's been since 2017 ali which for most franchises isn't very long but it feels like around here it's like everybody's going hey it's time to get back and winning something and putting another trophy up on the wall that was right after i moved to kansas city which is kind of how i now measure how many years it's been since (laughs) i've lived here but i remember that um that open cup final and, and getting to go take pictures of the trophy with the trophy that was one of only like my first handful of games even out here at children's mercy park because i was just trying to start breaking into um a, a job a dream as a sports broadcaster and, and just that you know is another reason why in my own personal life why this place holds so much meaning uh beyond all of the special ties it has to some great moments uh in working sporting kansas city games watching them uh, as a fan and 
you know, just along with that, seeing even just those milestones in my career that I've been able to hit here um, is just really cool. And like you said, it, it is a place that has earned um, every bit of, of that history. And it's why I, I even remember doing some work with MLS last year at some uh, watch party kind of uh, watch alongs. And I, Kaylin Carr was even saying like, oh, hands down, Children's Mercy Park was my least favorite place to play as a player. I mean, it's one of those places that the the vibe created here on game day is just one that is really tough for opposing fans. And I know it's, uh, you know, an atmosphere that the players are just itching to, to get back and be a part of this Saturday for the home opener. A lot of excitement around that as we uh, are just kicking off the season. Week number three, Sporting Kansas City. Just one point through those first two games, but not really an ounce of worry. A lot of players still working their way back right now. Eight players who are not either up to full fitness or return from uh, their injury status, but it's going to be a long season. Peter Vermees and players not quite worried about that, but something uh, to look for as the season grows on is seeing, you know, the reintroduction of Alan Polito, seeing the reintroduction of Gadi Kinda, Johnny Russell, and a number of others who are all still working their way back. We'll be right back on this edition of Sporting Kansas City Show and in our next segment have a lot of sound to get through from Media Day here at Children's Mercy Park. It is home opener week, everybody, and we are so excited to see you back here at Children's Mercy Park. We'll be back after this on Sports Radio 810 WHB. You're listening to the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. And we're back here on the Sporting Kansas City Show from Children's Mercy Park. It was media day today, and Nate was down talking with all the guys who were available for interviews, starting with William Agata. Still trying to find the back of the net in 2023, uh, but always a, always a good time and always a fun one to talk to. Really, you had some great memories in this stadium last year. Yeah. Once you got here, you're getting ready to play your first home game this year. What kind of memories come back to you from the success that you had here in this building last year? Um, the most things I remember is the first goal. You remember, I don't want to talk about it. It's when I sp- uh, sprinted to the coach and then we celebrated. And it was against Galaxy, if you remember. Yeah, yeah. So when, like, after this game we had in Colorado, I was like, okay, the next game is Galaxy. And Galaxy last season, how was it? like, ooh. That was the game, how the whole story started. And I'm looking forward, you know, to just continue, you know, with that, you know, mentality, that attitude from last season. Last season is gone already, so this season is fresh. You know, we just need to make another, you know, story, you know, and that's it. Yeah, I feel like we should just keep going. But the memory I have is from the last first goal yeah. when I sprint to coach. <laughs> Do you, if if you score again on Saturday, you're gonna sprint over to Peter again and jump in his arms. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that to him, but okay. Uh, of course, you know, I was just like, you know, wait for the boys and then we celebrate together. It depends how the goals come, you know. We'll okay. see. But I'm just looking forward for my first goal, to be honest. You know, from the first goal, you know, and then we keep waiting for the rest, you know. But first thing first, the first goal is very important and I hope it will happen you know, this weekend, yeah. And I know you as a team are looking for your first goal so far. You guys have come close the first two games. Are you are you frustrated or do you feel like it's just about a matter of time before you get that first breakthrough goal? Uh, I feel like, you know, we just need to chill a little bit. It will come for sure, but, you know, we need to work for it and we, we're always close. We just need to become in the last touch, you know, and then close to the, like, the last final of the field, you know. Mm-hmm. The third part of the field, I think we should be more relaxed and then make sure we kill it good. And 
I feel like we should just chill a little bit in that final third, and then the first goal will come, you know, and that's it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you um. Do you notice them defending you differently this year at all? Everybody in the league knows who you are now. <laughs> Tell me, do you think they're defending me uh, differently now? It seems like there's somebody standing on top of you at all times right now. Uh, I felt that a little bit, but again, you know, uh, with Peter, you know, everything is possible, you know? Yeah. So I'm trying to listen to him the most, you know. This weekend, this week, I've been having, like, meeting with him, and then we're trying to do something new. Mm -hmm. And I hope whatever, you know, I discuss with him in the training, I, like, it should come through the game. And with that, I think if I listen to him a little bit, you know, things will happen. It's just like, you know, being more patient, mm -hmm. not being frustrated and being patient. Like, this is the most key, though. It will happen. But I know it's not going to be easy for me this season, you know, because last season was, you know, kind of, you know, good. And so for me, this season is new and then we just need to keep it real and just keep going, keep the mentality from last year and just to keep going. Yeah. Well, good luck, Willie. And I know that first goal is going to come soon. Hopefully it's Amen. this weekend and Amen. to celebrate. OK. Amen. Sir. Thank you so much. Thank yeah. you. All right. So there is William Agata, Nate. I mean, goal's got to be coming soon for this guy, right? Yeah, I, I think that was kind of when I went down there to talk to some players. To me, the two biggest storylines of this team coming into the season, well, now that we're two games into the season, okay, when are they going to start scoring some goals? Because we talked about it. There's no goals to the first two games. Again, I don't think there's any panic, but you can tell that it's on Agata's mind. He doesn't like going two games in a row without scoring a goal, and, and he's they're working on some things. I think that's something that I took from that interview when Peter Vermees sits down with you and starts talking about ways that you can find more space, ways you can deal with the way that other teams are now prioritizing taking Willie Agata away. I think if I'm a sporting Kansas City fan, watch Willie Agata's off-ball movement in this game. See if he's able to find himself into some spaces that he maybe hasn't been able to find the last couple of games. But he also talked about patience, not forcing the game and just allowing the game to kind of you know run its course and then when those moments happen, be ready to capitalize on them. The only really big chance I remember him having so far this year that he missed on was that opportunity for an equalizer in Portland, and he only missed that one by a few inches. So that's one of the big storylines to me, and that's why I wanted to talk to Willie. It's always fun to talk to him. He's got a smile on his face at all times. I think that the offense is going to break out here in this game. And then the other storyline, Ali, to me is the one coming into the season, which is who's going to play center back next to Andre Ufantas. They went out and they got Rindov in, in the draft. They got uh, Robert Castellanos during this offseason. Robbie Voliter, though, has been the one starting. They're bringing in a center back from Columbia who just has to get his P1 visa cleared and all that. But for now, it's been, uh, it's been Robbie Voliter. And they've only given up one goal, to be fair, but they've had some shaky moments as well, so I thought I'd get a chance to, you know, let's see if I could, uh, you know, seek out some of the guys on the defense as well. Yeah, and those shaky moments, Nate, I think are something that Peter even talked about it a little bit during his press conference, where when you're looking at some of those early mistakes teams are making, you know, these coaches are smart. They see the mistakes, whether it resulted in, you know, in a goal or a, a really negative outcome or not. You want to recognize and, and kind of fix those issues because – even if you, you think it might be okay because they didn't get a goal out of it, well, another team's going to see that. And if you're not righting those wrongs early on in Sporting Kansas City, a couple of those moments defensively uh, against Portland, it did result in a goal. But the fact that they have only given up one goal across two games with the center back situation, having a, a bit of a shakeup with the injury to Courtney Ford, 
is still a positive going into, uh, you know, this third week of the season. But you did get a chance to sit down with Andre Ufantas and Chris Rendov. Defenders for Sporting Kansas City. And uh, I'll start with you, uh, Fonte. First off, you guys are coming off a clean sheet. Uh, this game in Colorado. Tell me about maybe the way the defense is, uh, is coming together in the early portions of the season so far. Well, uh, yeah, it's always good to, to have a clean sheet, obviously. I think it was still two or three actions at the beginning of the game that we need to be better at. But uh, in general, in, at the end, we, we have two games away from home. We just concede one goal. I think it's it's pretty good. Obviously, uh, a lot to work on and a lot to improve, but it's it's a good standard. And obviously, always getting a, a clean sheet is good. It's a good way to, to win confidence, to, to keep keep working hard, but uh, knowing that we, we are going to in a, in a good way. You've got a lot of new faces to work with this year. We've got Chris here I'm going to get to in a second. Robbie Bolader has only been around for a, a small period of time so far. Robertson, and you got a new guy coming in on top of that. What's it like for you as a veteran having all these different guys to work with right now? Well, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy to, to try to help them. Uh, obviously, I'm the one that in the center back that I've been more time around here. So just uh, try to, to help them. Try to they are all doing great. So it's 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 easy. They they, they want to listen. They want to to get better. And, and at the end, having people. And having that is so so important for us because the season is long. There are so many games, especially this year, so many competitions, and everybody will be will be important for us. So just trying to again talk to them, help them, and, and, and just uh, make them know and understand the, the way that we want to play, the way that we want to defend, and also attack. We are that we want the ball, and I think they are doing great. So uh, I mentioned this this young guy Chris over here comes in uh, out of the draft. They signed him to a first team deal. You've had a chance to work with him during the preseason. What stands out about him? What maybe impresses you about his ability? No, I'm impressed because he, he came from from the draft. That usually uh, or last year, last couple of years with me here, we never signed any players from from the draft. He's staying in the first team, and I'm happy for him because he he works so hard. He's a hard worker. He again he he listens. He pays attention to to every single detail, and and at the end, this is what. Makes you better every single training, every single game, and, and he's just uh, taking every single uh, opportunity that he has to, to show that he wants to be here and he wants to be better, and that's that's huge for for the team. Again, uh, we'll need every single one here to, to have success this this year, and, and I'm happy that he he can can be with us. It's interesting, Chris, to hear him talk about how it's unusual now for a guy to come out of the draft and and make it to the first team, because one of your teammates, Graham Zusi former Terp like yourself, that entire team was built on the draft with Beasler and Espinoza and all of that. And the game has changed so much in this country since then. Um, for you, do, do you think about those types of odds at all? What were your thoughts when you got drafted here? And does it feel like you, you're beating the odds, so to speak, by getting a first-team contract so quickly? Uh, yeah, I definitely took a look at, obviously, who, who came in before me. And I saw, you know, not really last five years they didn't draft or they didn't sign anyone to the first team from even the first round and then for the second round it's even further back I think eight nine years obviously I saw Zeus was also a second round draft pick so you know I, I knew it was possible I knew that it's really going to be the hard work that gets down to it and and for me personally I feel like I've kind of been through some similar experiences in terms of being like the odds are against me kind of going from Maryland from club to Maryland and from Maryland to here so just trying to put my best foot forward and then try and make it and thankfully I got it. You know on the flip side I know that one of the other things that started to happen more recently is that clubs like Sporting Kansas City can invest more time 
and energy in actually scouting the college guys so that it's not just watching some highlights. They, they get to know the guy and, and the makeup of the character, and I know that's one of the things they really liked about you. Do you feel like that's one of the things that maybe can, can help you uh, maybe move past some of the other people that, that maybe got picked ahead of you in the draft? Yeah, definitely. I mean, one of the first things they told me is that they drafted me for a reason. They drafted me for the qualities that I bring, such as just communication, leadership, and all that. And throughout preseason, they kept pushing me to continue to do that, find my voice. So I think they drafted me for a reason, so hopefully take it as far as I can. When you're playing with a veteran like Fonte, though, who's been all over the world and played the game at such a high level, is it hard to find your voice? Or, you know what I mean? Or is it? Uh, you, does it come natural to you even when you're playing with other veterans? Yeah, I'd say it come natural. I think the first one or two weeks, I was kind of just trying to learn and see what, what obviously, I had Zeus to the right of me and then Fonte to the left of me. So I've got, obviously, great veteran guys who are helping me out. And I think as the weeks gone on, my little bit more confidence came. It was just kind of natural. And obviously, building off of what they do and their their voice, it was really pretty seamless for me. Once once I got my foot into the team, it was, it was great. I'm sure this could be a very long answer if you want it to be, but what's maybe one or two things in particular that you've learned from this guy over here since you uh, joined Sporting KC? Yeah, I mean, he's a great role model, obviously. He's fantastic on the ball, and I think that's something that I want to continue to work on, just getting my feet better, because anytime he gets the ball, it's, I mean, I have no no issue with anything. I think the guy attacks him, doesn't matter. He's going to get out of it. He's going to find the right pass. So really just trying to figure that out from him and, and learn what he does, the little movements that he does that make it better, because, you know, little things are what's going to add up over time, and just trying to build off of that is going to be important for me in my career, and obviously I'm going to look after Fonte and just learn as much as I can while he's here. All right, so just got a chance to hear from uh, the pair of Sporting Kansas City defenders. What uh, what stood out to you in those conversations? Well, I'll be interested to see if and how much playing time Rindov gets this year. I know they like him a lot, and I do think it's interesting that somebody from the Super Draft got signed to a first-team contract again. I've noticed a little bit of a, uh, I guess if the pendulum swings, sometimes it swings too far one way or the other. And if you look back, it was really interesting to me to stand there with Rindov, who was about six feet away from Graham Zusi. <laughs> a couple of Maryland Terps. Yeah. Uh, Graham Zusi, who's still playing at a very high level in Major League Soccer uh, in his mid-30s after 15 years in the league. But he came in when Sporting Kansas City built those championship teams through the draft. That's where the emphasis was. Matt Beasler, you know, uh, Roger Espinoza. And, and Graham Zussi being at the top of the list and many other guys as well, to they went to a point where it was like, yeah, we're not even really concerned with the draft. We're focusing on the academy system, the homegrown, the, the pro player pathway, as Peter Vermees called it, which has brought us players like Gianluca Busio, Felipe Hernandez, Daniel Shallowy, and on and on and on. I think that one of the things we're seeing now in this iteration of MLS is and I talked about it with Rendov in the interview a little bit, I know for a fact that they have more resources in terms of people in the scouting department to actually really scout college, whereas in the past maybe it was, call up this college coach because I've got a relationship with him. Hey, tell me which guys I should be looking at. Which guys in the league do you like the most and things like that. And certainly that's still a big resource to have. But any, but if you have more bodies and more people that can dedicate to it, they can talk to more coaches, but they can also watch more games. And you can see what a guy does game in, game out. How consistent is he? Is he there for his teammates? How does he handle things when the game goes poorly? How does he handle things when it's the third game in a short period of time? All of that stuff is things you didn't really get a picture of when you don't get to watch every single game. And really, and that's very time-consuming to yeah. do. 
that is where I think because I think what we have seen in the league the last couple of years is there are still there's still talent coming out of the draft. There are still players that can help you at the major league soccer level that slip through the cracks and that end up playing in college for a few years. And I think sporting have kind of gone back to the idea that yeah, maybe this isn't going to be our bread and butter. This isn't going to be where we build the foundation of our team. But when we need a center back for depth, when we need, you know, we can we can still find players that can play at that level. And I'm going to be very interested to see if Rendov is one of those guys because obviously it's a lot of the intangible stuff that they really believe in with this mm-hmm. guy. If that scouting stuff really works, and I believe in those things 100%. 100%. So I, I'm, I'm interested to see how he's going to be able to, to develop with the team. And I think it could be a good sign that, that we start seeing – I don't know that they're ever going to get back to the point where they're building the team through the draft like they used to. I just don't think that's going to be the landscape, but it could still be an important component to the way you construct your roster. Yeah, well, it's interesting because it all comes down to development, right? I mean, whether you end up signing uh, or you know playing through the academy and signing a homegrown type deal with a club, or if you do go on to play college for whatever reason, some players that is their choice even if you know other options are presented to them it's all about you know what that development looks like and those intangibles like you talked about i mean those are things that if you have if you have those and are are open and willing to learn and grow and continue developing then you know chances are you're going to find success and i even remember a couple years back that you know vermese really harped on that they're there are a lot of different paths and no one path is better than another to, to end up wherever it is you're trying to go if you're a player. And so from a, you know, a scouting standpoint and from a, uh, someone as a sporting director in his position where you're looking to build a, a successful team, you're going to look and, and turn over all those stones, but it certainly helped uh, with their ability to staff out that scouting department. And of course, our good friend Jacob Peterson doing a lot of work, mm-hmm. watching a lot of film uh, to help do just that for sporting Kansas city. But, Excited to see uh, what Rindov's future looks like. And like you said, maybe we'll see more and more players come out of the draft, but it's certainly a time uh, in American soccer that is uh, that is exciting, I think, for everyone who's been following the sport just to see the continued uh, growth and just the, the increased talent that's coming out of, of these different markets and these different places. So a lot of talent here in the United States and a lot of that you know to be tapped into to help build out these teams. Now, another person that we got a chance to talk with today, our own Todd Lebo of Sports Radio 810, caught up with Sporting Kansas City CEO and President Jake Reed and asked him a few questions about uh, some of the business side of the game. Tell me a little bit about like the league and where we are right now. New team coming in. Yep. Be your rival, right? I think so. I hope so, right? <laughs> He's getting you know, a close rival over there in St. Louis. Yeah. Um, how much more expansion should we have in, in MLS? I'd say it's an ongoing debate. I mean, I think 30 is the number right now. You had Sacramento fall out a couple years ago, kind of during COVID. I think they're kicking around who that next team is going to be. Uh, obviously, St. Louis for us is very exciting. I mean, we've our rivals historically have been, you know, playoff driven, I'd say, right? Kind of a Portland, Houston, Minnesota to some extent. But, I mean, St. Louis is, is a rival, and that'll be, that'll be great. Um, so we'll see. I think 30 is the number, and then it's up to the, the Board of Governors at that point to figure it out. But it, to me, that feels like a good place to be right now. Is um, and the level of play and the amount of players because you're you're not only having players here from America, obviously you got worldwide players. Yep. People are wanting to come to MLS now more than than ever before. I'd say so. I mean, this is my this will be my 13th year, um, and even five years ago, it's dramatically different about where we are. Just I'd say reputation globally, and that continues to, to get better. Um, facilities, I think, put our stadiums, our training centers. 
against anyone in the world, and that's what players care about, right? They want to come and have a, a professional environment. I don't know that 10 years ago we could say every club had that. I'd say now we're, we're pretty dang close. Tell me about uh, sports gambling came on in the state of Kansas last year at the end of your season. Yep. Uh, what sort of things uh, have you guys had to address with players or concerns or letting fans know that they can gamble? I mean, what, what's just what's the onboarding of that been like? Yeah, it's it, overall good. I mean, it came on, I think it was October last year, so we were just winding down. Right, very, um, very we're, we're in final negotiations with, a, I think, a, a good partner that we'll roll out here hopefully in the next 30 to 45 days. Um, which is important. Listen, we don't know what we don't know, right? I mean, we're, we're a sports team. I think we've taken all the uh, precautions needed in terms of what you can and can't do for, as a player, as a front office member, as a coach, um, et cetera. But, yeah, listen, like it or not, it's going to be a big part of the fan experience. We're leaning into it. I think you'll see some stuff in stadium that we'll roll out as we go through the year, and we'll probably build out some sort of permanent, um, you know, call it a lounge at, at some point. And so that's going to be dictated by the partnership. But to me, it's kind of the next version of uh, – you know what the fan experience is going to be like and you know some people love it some people hate it but it's it's here to stay so and you've already had some some states where you have clubs in the league that are there have they talked to some of those like i think philadelphia are they philly's got some philly's got I think, some I think dc rolled it out so i mean all positive i haven't really heard any any horror stories so far and um listen most of it's through mobile right i mean yeah. it's 85 percent plus is on mobile and so i think in stadium, um, you know, we'll listen. It's gonna have to be part of the messaging, no different than fantasy football popped up and was a thing. I mean, this is kind of the next version of that, so we're, you, we're excited you for it. You feel that draws interest, though, right? Absolutely. I mean, the games. That's yeah, the I point. mean, for, for us, I mean, I think if you're a casual fan and you can now bet and learn more about the sport, I mean, like I said, we're we're gonna lean into it, and I think for us, it's exciting and it's a big part of the experience in a positive way. All right, so there is Jake Reed getting all the hard-hitting questions from Todd mm-hmm. Lebo. How many, uh, what's the right number of teams in MLS? Of course, you know, sports gambling becoming a bigger and bigger thing as it gets legalized across uh, the country. What uh, what stood out to you? Or what are, what are some of your thoughts on those topics as well? Well, I don't know where they're going to end with expansion. I do think that it just goes to show you, though, it's going to be harder and harder to win trophies when there's more and more teams competing for it. And one of the things that we are seeing, too, is that when new teams come into the market, the owners have a higher investment level than what we saw in the past. And I think that the teams that have been around a little bit longer, it's going to be interesting to see which ones are willing to, to swim in the deeper end of the pool, so to speak, and which ones aren't. And so I think that is one of the things that I'm going to be watching out for in this league for sure. And I think that this whole Apple TV situation and getting a little glimpse on the inside of that alley, you know, getting to be a a, a small part of that right now, but being on the conference calls and the Zoom meetings and the presentations with Apple and all of that, they underscore the term global all the time. And this is a global sport. And I think that when we really started to see Major League Soccer gained some momentum in this country because there was negative momentum for a while there. They were losing teams, and and people wondered if the league was going to survive. People can mock, you know, the fact that now we've got teams with names like Real Salt Lake and Sporting Kansas City, and everybody's trying to decide if they're an FC or an SC, which drives you nuts as a commentator because you can't remember who's playing soccer and who's playing football. But in all seriousness, that's when the league started gaining momentum was when they decided to be a part of the world's game and not try to be apart from 
the world's game. And so I think that is going to be um, really interesting because because these new owners get in, they're getting into a global, they're buying into a global brand. Yeah. They're not buying into a regional brand or a national brand. And I think that's one of the things we ought to have the mindset of going forward. And, and I love it because, again, we talk about the World Cup coming to Kansas City in three years. We, we, have, a, we have a global platform. You know, look, the Kansas City Chiefs are obviously uh, a global brand to an extent, right? I mean, Absolutely. They're, they're the biggest thing in this town, hands down, bar none. But Sporting Kansas City have the chance to play in the FIFA Club World Cup someday. I'm not, I don't know that they ever will, but they have a chance. All they got to do is. It's on do, the table. Yes. I mean, we just saw Seattle get to do that uh, this year. And so there are people around the world that have access to watching Sporting Kansas City in a global game with the League's Cup coming in and all of that. And I think that's terribly exciting as it, you get a chance to kind of get the name of Kansas City out there a little bit before the World Cup comes. Then when it comes to the gambling stuff, that's part of the world game too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll tell you what, you know, they got us talking about the odds on Apple and all that stuff. Um, they're going to have to have strict restrictions with the players and broadcasters and all those things, and I'll follow all those to a T, I promise you that. But uh, all it does is drive more interest to the sport. It makes people more invested in it emotionally. And so from a from a business standpoint, I don't see how it's anything but but great for the league going forward. I mean, you could argue that a big reason the NFL is successful is because fantasy oh, yeah. football drives even more interest into the league as a whole and yep. not just those individual teams. And I think if there's one thing that even just through the first two weeks of this new MLS season pass feature is that I can tell you, even as someone who's covered the league now for the last five years, I have had even more interest and more attention on more teams in the league than I ever have before because of the way that it's being packaged up and delivered. And and another interesting note too, just when it comes to the expansion of the league, the athletic put out an article recently and Don Garber, the commissioner addressed some of the issues that are kind of cropping up as these expansion teams come in and really come on strong. They have, you know, higher, you know, entry fees in order to even bring a team to Major League Soccer. There is a, a true desire and want from these these clubs, and it gives them an advantage coming in. And what that's maybe exposed is how some of the legacy teams have fallen behind. Teams like Chicago, um, Dallas, Denver, Houston, teams that have been around since, you know, the, the early days of Major League Soccer. How do you strike that balance between the new kind of flashy Kids on the block and the ones who've been around a while that maybe need some some energy reinjected back in into their club, and so they've actually created MLS has a club performance group that will be improving or, or looking to improve those legacy markets. So again, you talk about rising tides raise all ships. You got to make sure that every single club is a part of that. And uh, it was it was interesting to read some of. Don Garber's thoughts in that article as it relates to the entirety of the league and expansion and things like that, but. That's going to do it for this segment of the show. When we come back, we will close things out by looking ahead to this game against the LA Galaxy in the home opener on Saturday night as Sporting Kansas City will play in front of their home fans for the first time in 2023. All straight ahead on this week's Sporting Kansas City show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. You're listening to the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. And we are back to wrap things up on this week's Sporting Kansas City Show as we get ready for the home opener on Saturday night against the LA Galaxy. And today at Media Day, manager Peter Vermees addressed some questions from myself about the LA Galaxy and what he saw from them in week number two against FC Dallas. When they win it, anywhere on the field, they're going. Like, they want to go. And they, and they have the ability to go with speed. One. Uh... 
the, the other is, is it's, it's penetrating, whether it's with, you know, whether it's playing the ball or whether it's with a run. They're, they're looking to penetrate. And so you, how do you, well, you, you try to make sure that you don't give them a lot up the middle. Uh, it's, it's one. Um, the other is, is that you have to know who the players that you don't want on the ball as much. Or if they are, how do you slow them down or deny them and eliminate a lot of options? Just give them a few. Um, you can't do all. But you, you can definitely limit those. And so those are the types of things that we'll have to do. And then the other is is that they they attack out of the back, you know, they'll they'll go and they'll and those guys will also be with penetrating runs. And so those are things that you have to pay attention to a lot in, in the game. And at times that also left them kind of susceptible on in transition moments against Dallas and Dallas, I think was really able to to capitalize on those moments. Do you foresee that being an area that could be exploited? Um, yeah, how much do you take from one game, especially? Yeah. When, when it, I, I get it. When it's early on like this, uh, you know, Greg, who I know well, is on his side. You know, evaluating his game, evaluating the games that we've played, and he's trying to make decisions from there, just like we're trying to do the same. Um, Greg's very intelligent, and he'll, he'll make the adjustments that he has to within his group to make sure that they're prepared in their game. And then, you know, how does he take advantage of something that he sees in ours? And so we're trying to do exactly the same, and that's where the, the battle then comes out. But I think a lot of times what happens in these early games is that you either are lucky to capitalize on the mistakes or you, don't, or, or, or you make the mistakes and then you don't, you don't really suffer and in either way, you, you have to be honest with yourself on either side, right? If, if, you've, like, like if we've made mistakes, but the other team didn't capitalize, we better make sure that we better start minimizing those mistakes. And then on the other side, if, you, if you've gotten advantages because the other team's made mistakes and you haven't capitalized, like how can you? And I think early on in the season like this, you know, you guys always hear me talk about the first 10 games, whatever. There's a lot of that that goes on within teams as they're trying to find themselves. And so how do you take advantage of those things along the way? For me, it has a lot to do with improvement on, on both sides. All right, so there is Peter Vermees talking about the LA Galaxy midfield and also talking about some of those uh, weaknesses that they showed, especially defensively against SC Dallas in that first game that they played of 2023. And look, Nate, I don't think it's any secret that the, the heartbeat of this Galaxy team lies in the midfield, especially when you've got Ricky Pooj, designated player, now pulling the strings. Yeah, some people think that he is the MVP of the season, you know, going into the year, that he will be the MVP this year. Um, L.A. didn't get to play their first game of the year because El Trafico got postponed, so this was their season opener. I don't know how much stock you really put into a game down, in, you know, your first game of the season. What usually happens is uh, whatever mistakes were made, whatever problems somebody has, they work all week to correct those. So can Sporting Kansas City take advantage of the same problems defensively that the Galaxy had? I don't know for a sh- for sure, but I do think Sporting's going to come out and they're going to have an offensive uh, explosion in this game at home. 
But, yeah, watch Ricky Pooch. He's going to be absolutely one of the players to watch in Major League Soccer this year. My key in this game, limit his touches on the ball. He was limited uh, with his ability on the ball in that game against Dallas, which may have been even more uh, impactful on the game than even some of those defensive turnovers and, and mistakes that the LA Galaxy made against them. But like you said, like Peter Vermees said, those mistakes, uh, coaches are smart. They're going to go back and they're going mm-hmm. to correct those mistakes. But we will see what happens. I think the vibe that we all got today, Nate, is that this sporting team is just pumped and ready and they want to score some goals they uh they really lit it up offensively at the end of last year they want to get back to that and they feel like it's coming on saturday night 7 30 p.m here at children's mercy park get out here get your standing room only tickets if you haven't yet already uh just going to be an awesome night but bundle up it's gonna be a little bit chilly and if you can't make it out to the game be sure to tune in and watch on mls season pass on the apple tv app And this week, for the first time this season, you can select our local radio broadcast as myself and Jacob Peterson will be on the call. So excited for that. Nate, where will you be this week? I'll be in San Jose as the Rapids take on, uh, as as, uh, San Jose hosts the Colorado Rapids. So uh, I'll be... uh... But, but we play later in, you know, in, in California, so hopefully we'll get a chance to watch a lot of your game before we kick off in California. Yeah, and then for everyone who uh, is watching Sporting, be sure to tune in and listen yep. to Nate for San Jose, Colorado. So excited. Home opener coming up this get that Saturday season pass. night. MLS and get season MLS pass. season pass. I have been so impressed with this uh, this new feature and, and even talking to some of the guys today at Media Day. A lot of them have even said, Kyrie Shelton came over to me. He's like, how cool is this MLS season pass thing? Like The guys love it. They love the picture quality, especially. Mm-hmm. You can really see uh, every single uh, frame, every blade of grass in in perfect, perfect, uh, clear vision. So get your MLS Season Pass app. Come out and join us on Saturday night for the home opener and just setting the scene for a really exciting 2023 season, the first game here at home at Children's Mercy Park. For Nate Bucati, I'm Allie Trost-Martin. We will see you next week here on the Sporting Kansas City Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB.